Blog Talk Radio. Radio Show and the Retired Eastern Pilots Association. We share the stories and memories of the pilots who flew the planes of Pitcairn Aviation, Eastern Air Transport, and Eastern Airlines. My name is Neil Holland, retired Eastern captain and producer of the show. We hope you will enjoy the stories we share with you today, and you'll join in the conversation during the broadcast. Now, let's get the show in the air. Repa 36, you're clear to start engines. Roger, we're starting number one, clear prop. Hey, Of all the wings that greet the sun, you 
any other airline in the free world. If you've helped make us America's favorite way to fly, we thank you. If you haven't flown Eastern recently, give us a try. We'll show you we really do earn our wings every day. this three-engine, Rolls-Royce-powered, wide-bodied aircraft. As we like to tell our first-time listeners, you can listen in with your smartphone or go to our radio show provider at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash CapEddy. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And then just click on the start arrow. Now remember... It must be at 3 p.m. where you would be given a message that the show has not begun. Better yet, why not do as many listeners do and just call into the show at 213-816-1611. This will put you on the producer's board, and all you have to do to share your comments or join in our discussion is to touch the number one on your smartphone's keyboard. That will tell the producer to unmute your phone's microphone. Then just join in the fun. As we have mentioned in our previous Reaper Radio Hour shows, we have added a new announcement to our Reaper Radio Hour broadcasts. Each week, when we become aware of our Eastern pilots and or their spouses' passage to the West on their final flight, and we are given the names of our deceased Eastern pilots, We will pay honor to these men and women who once flew the skies of this great airline. Captain Neal, do you have any names that have flown west that we can honor this week? Yes, Don, and uh, we mentioned a REPA affiliate member last uh, this past Monday. Uh, Bill Hurst passed away this past week, and uh, Bill was a REPA affiliate member. He was... Um, known to by many of us as uh, the Mr. Eastern Airlines. Uh, he was an Eastern Airlines historian. And uh, uh, Mike, you knew him pretty well, and uh, I think uh, you, you lived not too far from him, right? Yes, not too far. All about uh, 20, 25 minutes away from me. Yeah, and uh, also Jim uh, Holder, uh, you knew Bill as well. I certainly did. Uh, he was in contact with me many times by telephone and, uh, about Eastern matters and airplanes. He was very much interested in Eastern and, and in Repo. As you know, he was a, an affiliate member. Uh, we'll miss the old fella, that's for sure. 
We sure will. Yeah. He was a great guy. Yes. He had a, uh, as I mentioned on Monday's show, he uh, was diagnosed with esophageal cancer because he was a heck of a smoker. And uh, some of you mm-hmm. guys that met him probably would remember that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a historian, as we talked about, and he just an uh, all-around great guy. I've known him for many years at many lunches and dinners and get-togethers and flew with me on a few uh, trips. And, and it was one of those things. He was just in the hospital for... Uh, five weeks and then his infections got worse and worse and worse and then he ended up with two days uh, in hospice and then uh, passed away and Bill worked for Easton he was a uh, ramp service guy air freight and uh, he was uh, not a pilot type or a mechanic type but he he knew all about all of that stuff so yeah uh, yeah I went to the funeral uh, for the wake on uh, Tuesday, and uh, quite a few people there and all that, and not a lot yeah. that I knew, but uh, uh, I took some old four-bar captain's uh, epaulets that I had, uh, and I, uh, with his wife, we, uh, in the coffin, I, uh, I made him an honorary Eastern captain uh, while he was lying in the coffin there, so I just put this, uh, the bars right over his shoulders, so I was, we oh, sent him off cool. with... Uh, I sent him off the four bars for his for his uh, blue skies and his tailwind on his final flight. That's oh, great. that was great, Mike. That was. Oh, Thanks, nice Mike. To do. And back he to you, He was Don. 73 years old. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. It was a nice tribute to uh, to Bill. As we receive news of uh, our Reaper members making their final flight west, we will make an announcement on the show. Now, let's head up to Long Island, New York, where Captain Mike Scott is at the controls getting de-iced. Mike? Exactly. Plenty of snow out there, and it's still coming down with the wind blowing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Don. As we do each Thursday on the Reaper Radio Hour, we've been bringing you the stories as written and told by the editors of the retired Eastern Pilots Association magazine, Reaper T., Throughout Reaper's nearly 50 years, it's it's these stories told by the men and women of Eastern that have made the magazine tops among airline retiree associations, newsletters, and magazines. Today, we're going to go to some of the pages of another very important book called The Wings of Man, the story of Eastern Airlines as told by its people. And Captain Neal will tell you how you can get this book or a copy of this book uh, later in the show. Now, Jim, what do we have uh, for the show today? Well, thanks, Captain Mike. Our producer found a couple of stories written by Jim Hart, who was a host on this show for a few years. Mr. Producer, will you read us our first story? Another story sent in by Jim Hart to the publisher of The Wings of Man uh, is called Beyond the Call of Duty and subtitled An Alert from Atlanta CDC by Jim Hart. On Friday, July 3rd, 1964, I was on duty as system manager of commercial sales at the New York home office at 10 Rockefeller Plaza. Naturally, that afternoon, everyone was looking forward to the long weekend when at 4 p.m. I received a telephone call from Atlanta telling of a chilling event that would impact the plans for 20 of my experienced employees. On a flight to Newark, originating in Orlando, with stops in Jacksonville, Raleigh-Durham, Richmond, and Washington, D.C., 
A lady boarded with a sick child and sat in the middle of the DC-7. During the flight, the baby seemed to become more severely ill with a climbing temperature. Immediately upon arrival at Newark, the child was taken to a, ho a local hospital, but died. Because of the sudden onset of the illness, the hospital ran some tests to try to learn the reason for the baby's death. It didn't, didn't take them long to determine the malady was a highly contagious disease called viral meningitis caused by bacteria that needed to be acted upon as soon as possible by anyone remotely exposed to it. The hospital called the Atlanta Communicable Disease Center and told them of the event that involved Eastern. Atlanta then told me of the seriousness of the situation. We had to contact every passenger and had them contact their doctor with the information they had given me regarding the antidote. I immediately briefed the staff on the situation and asked each one if they could stay all night if necessary to get the job done. All agreed to stay. I assigned each stopover of the flight to two people who were to call or try to contact the passengers. Those unable to find anyone at home arranged for a note to be left asking the passenger to, uh, passengers to contact us. At about 10 p.m., I received a call from CBS News asking what all the calling was about so late at night. I told him that we were on the telephone, blitz to travel agents and commercial accounts about some new services we were offering. That seemed to satisfy them, and we didn't hear another thing. It was 2 a.m. when we had con contacted each passenger in some way or another. The last four were sailors who were transferred to New York City to TWA bound for Spain, and we were able to contact them in flight thanks to our friends at TWA. They saw a base doctor upon arrival. For a few weeks after this event, we received calls from passengers returning home and finding the note on their front door asking them to contact us. Our answer this time was, How are you feeling? Do you have a good, did you have a good vacation? Their response was that it was very nice of us to follow up on their trip. This event was during the days of the reservations roundtable, some call Susan, which enabled us to keep an accurate listing of reservations calls. None of Eastern's other employees or our director, Walter Conrad, and possibly President Floyd ever learned of this event. Well, I kind of mixed up the uh, clip numbers there, but uh, that was uh, clip number two, but we're going to hear clip number one also. Okay, back to you, um, Jim. Okay, well, uh, our next story sounds like it's right out of today's news. The title of the story is Beyond the Call of Duty, again by Mr. Jim Hart. Captain Neal, tell us about this Beyond the Call of Duty. Well, Captain Jim, you just heard it. And now we're going <laughs> to go to the movies. And Jim wrote a great story about before the movies came along and uh, Eastern tried in-flight entertainment. I think you'll enjoy this one. Okay, okay, here we go. 
This story is by our good friend and host at the EAL radio show, Jim Hart. Jim submitted this to the publisher of The Wings of Man, and the title is Eastern Tried In-Flight Entertainment Before Movies Came Along. A subtitle is An Unusual Duty for a Sales Manager. In mid-1963, when I was sales manager in Washington, D.C., I was called upon to assist in a program of in-flight entertainment along with six other young, outgoing, and energetic gentlemen. We were brought to the New York Home Office, abbreviated NYHO, where the program was explained by Vice President of Sales Bill Morissetti and Director of Sales Marvin Bird. We were directed to a beautiful shop in Midtown called After Six. There, I was outfitted with a soft shirt complete with studs, tuxedo trousers with a cummerbund, a bow tie, a seersucker jacket, and the shiniest pair of black shoes. Given the title Director of In-Flight Entertainment, we were sent to our respective places to begin our tour of unusual duty. My duty station was Boston Logan Airport, and I had to be there at 6 p.m. each day during this trial period. My flight, a DC-8, left at 9 p.m. for Miami, and I was carrying a bingo board with holes in it to hold the balls and a briefcase loaded with gift certificates. At 7.30 p.m., a space near the boarding gate had been set aside for me to greet both passengers and those seeing them off and inviting them to enjoy, enjoy cookies and punch before boarding. I told the passengers that they were in for a treat and a chance to win some fabulous prizes. By 8.45 p.m., most passengers were on board, and it was time for me to make my way to the aft section or aft station jump seat under which I could store my equipment. After takeoff and after the stewardesses had made their announcements, I introduced myself again and explained that we were going to play bingo and that the stewardesses would pass out bingo cards for the passengers. The games began and I awarded a certain prize depending on who won. Lord forbid that, as happened with one of the other fellows, an 86-year-old lady won water ski lessons at Lee's Ski School on Biscayne Bay. The prizes were quite good. Dinner at Bal Harbor Hotel, a two-day trip by boat to the Bahamas, including all meals for two, dinners at leading Miami Beach restaurants, etc., one hectic event occurred when we hit some turbulence and all my bingo balls went flying off the board. All I could do was to continue calling numbers knowing that I had sufficient prizes to give away. In this situation, only four persons yelled bingo at the same time. We landed at Miami International Airport at 11 p.m. and I checked into the airport hotel, leaving a call for 6 a.m in order to catch my flight back north at 7. It was a DC-7 with stops in Palm Beach, Orlando, Jacksonville, Raleigh-Durham, Richmond, and Washington National, where I left the airplane to run home, kiss my wife, pat my dog, and prepare to board the air shuttle at 4 p.m. for Boston and begin all over again. 
as a group, we were called to a meeting at NYHO to critique our adventures. And it was a riot hearing of some of the situations encountered by the other fellows. The program lasted for three months. And would you believe, movies came along right after our program. On one of my return flights north, and while standing in line to board the flight, a person behind me asked if I was one if if it, I was the one that the social directors for Eastern. Yes, can I help you? I replied. Yes, said the young couple. We won the boat trip to the Bahamas. It was at that moment that I realized they were honeymoon couple. I asked how they enjoyed the trip. They explained that when they went to catch the boat, it had been taken to dry dock for some some sort of repair, so they never made it to the Bahamas. I took their names and address, and when I returned, I called the home office and told them the situation. Eventually, we sent them to Puerto Rico and paid for two nights in a hotel. This adventure showed that Eastern was trying to find a method to take the fear of flying off the minds of travelers. By the looks on the faces of those who took part in our flights, in-flight games, it really worked. Jim, do you remember those uh, those games uh, they used to play? Well, no, I can't. Uh, I, I really can't. And I flew to D.C. Evans, uh, D.C. 7 starting out. But, uh, no, I don't remember yeah. that. I don't think we ever had movies on a D.C. 7, though. No, we was didn't. No, we thing. didn't have them. No, 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 they had, no they, we didn't. They came out. I think yeah. the first airplane we had them on was was the uh, 1011. 1011, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the A300. I know when I worked in the put those big reels up in the overhead rack. I remember those. Yeah. 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 Big cumbersome reels. They were a lot yeah. of fun. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, rem- I remember one. Uh, on the 1011 flying that I did, and uh, every flight was Smokey and the Bandit, Smokey and the Bandit, Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> it was either that or the shootest. Yeah. <laughs> the shootest with John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. Oh, golly. Well, Harry, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, Jim, would you tell us a little bit about Jim Hart? Yeah, Jim Hart started with Eastern Airlines in 1957 as a ticket counter agent. Throughout his career with Eastern, he works primarily in sales, culminating with his appointment to manager interline sales at the home office. However, he left the company in 1968 to join the New York Stock Exchange. So, Mike, you got a couple of more? Yes, thanks, Captain Jim. Here's two very short clips our producer thinks you'll enjoy. Mr. Producer, what do we got? Well, we got a Picasso original here. Another story appearing in The Wings of Man by Marianne Grimmer. Serving Pablo Picasso. Subtitle, An Autograph and Picture Request. My husband, Robert Grimmer, and I worked for Eastern Airlines. I was working in the Ionosphere Lounge at JFK. Bob was a then then a sales representative for the airline in New York. I was at my desk at the front door of the Ionosphere Lounge where we checked in the first class passengers. We did not have computers then and everyone had to sign in. 
Bob was about to take a client to the gate when a very important person and his entourage entered the lounge. The guest was Pablo Picasso. We exchanged greetings, and I asked if Mr. Picasso would uh, sign the book that was on my desk. One of the men that was escorting him said that was impossible. He would not allow him to sign his name. After he was seated for a while, I asked if we could take a picture, a photo of Mr. Picasso. That was not allowed either. So someone took a picture of Bob and me instead while Mr. Picasso was still in the lounge. The autograph I never received might be worth something today. Now, Mary Ann Grimmer is a native of Connecticut and joined Eastern at the age of 18 in Manhattan in the services department. She became the first ground hostess at LaGuardia, a position she also held at Chicago O'Hare and JFK. Mary Ann married the late Bob Grimmer, an Eastern National Accounts executive, and their passion outside of Eastern was ballroom dancing. This brought them many championships, including a performance at New York's Madison Square Garden before 17,000 spectators. She has three children and five grandchildren. Interesting story. Yeah. Mike, Mike, what else do you have? What, what did I have here? Let's see. Did we skip one? Yeah. <laughs> We're down to the last one. <laughs> All right. We got down yeah. to, uh, are we talking about the uh, what, the format, or are we going to be talking yeah, about Robert the... Robert Kennedy answer? and the dime. We're talking about Robert Kennedy and the dime. Okay. So, yeah, I'll play it anyhow. <laughs> okay. And I've titled it A Dime for RFK. This is it. Here's another story serving the Kennedys by Mary Ann Grimmer that was submitted to the Wings of Man. A subtitle, Loaning Robert Kennedy a Dime. I was a ground hostess at LaGuardia Airport working the main terminal and also the shuttle terminal. At the shuttle terminal, we had departures and arrivals to and from Boston, Massachusetts, and Washington, D.C. every hour. We often had VIPs and politicians coming and going. Ted and Robert Kennedy were frequent flyers and would come in and out of the terminal on a regular basis. We would always exchange a pleasant hello. Although I saw them on a regular basis, I would never ask for an autograph. On September 25, 1963, Robert Kennedy came through and I was standing close to the check-in counter. He had to make a phone call and did not have any money on him. The Kennedys were known for not traveling with cash, and cell phones were then in the future. He asked me for a dime. I gave him the change. He made his phone call and gave me back my dime. Then I asked if he could sign a piece of paper. After he was assassinated, I found a poem that I thought fitting and put both in a frame. They are a reminder of another time. One thing I can say, Robert Kennedy borrowed from me. (laughs) Some great stories in the book, but uh, Don, you're going to ask me, I know you were, about how you can get that 
book, The Wings of Man, right? Uh, I was, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and ask me? <laughs> well, now, Mr. Producer, you have some information about this book, right? The Wings Why, of Man. Don, thanks for asking. Please. Okay, well, if if you don't have a copy of it uh, on your coffee table, uh, that's where it should be because it's a beautifully hardbound book with a dust cover with uh, the uh, picture that uh, most all of the Eastern folks remember uh, with the Eastern logo, the hockey stick with all the people outlining that logo. Standing I'm in that picture. Ramp. Are you in that so picture, Don? I'm Are in you in picture. it, Chuck? Right yes, by the I'm in it. I'm in a well, mechanic's uh, outfit. It's all brand well, wait new a outfit. Now, Jim, you and I and Mike, we might as well say we were in it too, right? <laughs> yeah, That's I think it. You just I'm can't see that. me. I had my head down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> me and you were having a beer at the bar, weren't we? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I was in shorts we're, and the flip-flops. We're the one with Maker's Mark in our hand. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, anyway. The, uh, the nine the it, mechanics up that had white shirts on. Oh, really? Okay. Well, For anyhow, the white part of the, yeah. It's a great book, and uh, we don't have many more days before Christmas, so it's kind of late by the time it would get to you. <laughs> And I think, uh, I think Mike, you wanted a couple of them, one or two of them? Yes, I wanted two of them. I don't know if you had sent them out yet or not. No, I'll send them out tomorrow. Okay. okay. Whenever, okay. and then this way here, because I, I tried to do it online, and I couldn't, uh, you know, no, through the that's website. Okay. That's I, I couldn't right. do it. Well, I, I get you know, an I was IOU. On the phone. I can I was say. on the phone with you the other night, Neil. Yeah. The man erupted. Okay, yeah. I have searched my house over, and I cannot find that copy. I know it's a fact that I had one, and I don't know where it is, so I want to get another one. Okay, I'll send please. you a copy, too. Make sure you give me your address. Oh, I can okay. find your address on the on the Internet, I guess. Yeah, well, you can uh, find get it on the, the Reaper roster if you've got it. Yeah, the Reaper, Reaper roster, yeah, I can do that. Don't yeah. forget to sign them, Captain Neil. I didn't, yes, I didn't yes. put that book together, although my, my name is mentioned in it. So is Jim Holder's name well, mentioned in it. Well, well I'll, I'll send, send Mike's to me, and I'll sign it, I'll put, sign it, and then I'll send them on to him. Okay. <laughs> he can sign good. mine. He can mine, send mine to him, and he can send it to me. Yeah, everybody will sign it everything. There you go. Well, let me tell you about the book, guys, uh, and maybe somebody else will want some besides the host. But at any rate, uh, Michael Zoll, the past president of EARA, Eastern Airlines Retiree Association, sent 20 of them to uh, EAL radio show and uh, said that we could use them for uh, those people making donations for the cause, the cause to keep our, our show on the air, of course. And and they uh, came and in two boxes, 10 per box. I've already sent out four of them, and I have 16 left. They are absolutely beautiful books, and um, they are coffee book size. They weigh a ton, it seems like, just one of them. And uh, uh, when you put it on the coffee table, uh, you, you, you'll read it. And, and I've, I've been in really enjoying reading the stories again because Vito Borelli gave me 
or didn't give me, I bought at our reunion, Pioneer reunion, Eastern Pioneers reunion down in Fort Lauderdale back in 2014. I bought the book and Vito signed it because Vito was one of the uh, editors that put this uh, together. He and Roland Moore, the attorney for Eastern. And uh, it's a brilliant job. It really is a great book. So um, we're uh, requiring a $25 check, uh, PayPal on the Internet. You can go on. Well, uh, Mike, you said you were having trouble getting in there for PayPal or using your credit card. But you can also look about us uh, on our website, and it will tell you the mailing address that comes to me here in Jacksonville, Florida, and just put your check in there for $25. And um, I can tell you now it costs between 5 and $8 to mail it because of yeah. the weight of this book. And uh, so we're not making that much money on it. We're just making uh, $20 or maybe $18 per copy, but it goes to help defray some of the cost of the radio show. So uh, if you want to uh, purchase one, uh, you can go to the website, by the way, and make your request to host at EALradioshow.com. That's host at EAL. That's our, uh, that's our email address, and uh, we'll get it out to you. Mike, what you got? Yep. You were going to say something? What do we have? Am I uh, am I on deck here again? <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> listen, no, maybe uh, it's Don. Maybe it's Don's time. I don't it know. is. It, it is me, guys. <laughs> All right, go uh, ahead, producer. Uh, how about telling us uh, going over some of the formats starting on January seventh uh, for our new show, uh, which is going to be uh, the seventh of January, seven p.m. on a Thursday. Yeah. Can you do that? I can certainly do that. As a matter of fact, uh, January 7th, we will go uh, on air at 7 p.m. with Aviation News and History Radio. That's the name of the new show, Aviation News and History Radio, 7 p.m. And we will bring you the latest news for the week. Uh, any breaking news in commercial, military, or general aviation, and heck, if it's a drone, we'll talk about that, too, if it's breaking news. And usually, we'll provide about four or five uh, uh, quick um, breaking news bits about what's happened during the past week in case someone missed it. But uh, uh, we've got uh, some that will be coming up January 7th, and we even have a clip that we will introduce that uh, about, I don't know whether you guys saw this man on the wing of an Alaska Airlines jet aircraft. I don't know. Did you see that? No, I don't think so. No, the guy actually crawled out on a Alaska Airlines jet getting ready for takeoff. And he climbed up with a ladder while it was stationary, not moving. He brought his ladder with him climbed up on the wing and walked out to the wingtips. You know, the winglets oh, that go I, up and tried I to climb it. up that sucker, and he fell off. Can you believe yep. he's crazy? <laughs> well, that'll teach you. I did. That'll teach you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I got the clip of that and the captain talking and uh, and the passengers talking about looking out the window and seeing this guy. It's really funny. So we'll talk about that and, 
And then we have an advertiser, Atlantic Models, and uh, they're out of Miami, and they have been uh, at our reunions down in Fort Lauderdale in 2014 and 15, and they build some beautiful models, and they are into other things now. They've built models for uh, John Travolta, as a matter of fact, and uh, other uh, popular, famous people, but they've also been contracted by the military to build models, and they are building uh, uh, different things, different components of the airplane. Roger Lee uh, Jarman, who is the president of the company, and he and his family started years ago, they are going to uh, advertise, be one of our advertisers, and uh, they'll provide some information about their models. And so that's our advertiser. And then we'll start start talking about this day in history. So January 7th, we'll uh, talk about what happened January 7th in 1785 <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, and, and other events that happened during that day in past decades. And then what else do we have? Whoever is next? <laughs> well, they've got current aviation news, or did you just cover that? Yeah, I just covered that. Who else? Oh. Okay. Well, we got the current, uh, uh, you know, this day in history uh, would be. We just talked uh, about that, one. yeah. Yeah, and we had, I just, for an, for, for an example, I just looked up a couple of things, just uh, the highlight. Uh, yeah. Uh, 117 years ago today, in 1903, the Wright brothers made their first sustained motorized aircraft flight at 10:35 a.m. Piloted by there you go. Orville Wright to Kitty yeah. Hawk, North Carolina. Yeah. And wow. then in 1986, Mrs. Davina Thompson makes a medical history by having the first heart, lung, and liver transplant plant in Papsworth Hospital in Cambridge, England. Well, now keep in mind we're going to talk about this in aviation history. We we don't want any anything outside of aviation, all right? Even if it is a lung transplant. Well, it might have been a pilot they did it on. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Good bet. But uh, all right, who's next? Uh, we're oh, going to have uh, we're going to have a history about uh, aviation history. All right, all right. Thank you, Don. Aviation history. Yeah, I've got a, a wonderful 10-minute clip about the uh, famous aviator known as Captain Eddie Rickenbacker, and it's done by uh, the History uh, uh, History Channel, and it's about a 10-minute clip. But, boy, did I learn some things just by listening to that. So we're going to have different things that happen in aviation, aviation history. What else is next? Now you got to have aviation world records. I mean, there's a ah, lot of Jim, world yeah. I'm sure you set a few of them, didn't you? Uh, well, I can't talk about those. <laughs> we all did unofficial ones. They were already on the ground. Only on the ground, not in the air. There you go. We're going to have we're going to have aviation world records, and it's going to be fun talking about different things, whether it's speed, altitude, uh, whatever. You know, it's it's going to be fun talking about uh, different records that have been set. Uh, maybe the Blackbird, uh, the the fastest airplane in in the world, I guess, right now is still the the uh, SR seventy one, yep. if I'm not mistaken, yep. and uh, still it holds is. a record, speed record. So we'll talk about things like that. What else do we got coming up? 
Well, we got well, calendar you know, event okay. also. Uh, calendar. So, I mean, it would be uh, all these things that are going on. I just saw a couple of, uh, that, uh, that are coming up. Uh, for an example, they have a uh, in Houston, Texas. They got some place there. They're going to have a Stearman Santa get together for the kids. Oh, they're going to fly wow. a Stearman <laughs> in with Santa in it, and they got to have a little Christmas party, and that'd be on the 19th of uh, of this month. And then you got guys, groups like the Young Eagles, where you know, several places and dates yeah. around the uh, the country they're going to have get-togethers with pancake breakfasts and all of that. And then they got a home built uh, home built projects and all that. Hilo Hawaii for the Sonics, so to say. That's an old home built airplane. But well, the likes know, of that. This is what we want to do. We want to provide a calendar, weekly calendar of things that are happening around the country. And uh, keep people informed. So that's that's going to be a great category that we'll talk about on the radio show. What else is next? How about an aviation book review? All right. There you go. Aviation book review. We've got our own author, George Jen. And uh, we've got, uh, we're going to talk about books such as Fate is a Hunter by Ernest Gann. And then we can talk about The Wright Brothers uh, by David McCulloch. That's one of the best books I've ever read about the Wright Brothers. It's a wonderful book if you've never read it. And then uh, Flight for Safety by Carlene Pettit. And uh, Carlene has been on our show several times. And uh, Crash Detectives by Christine Negroni. We'll talk about her book and her investigation of the world's most mysterious air disasters. So that's going to be a lot of fun talking about book reviews. What else we got? Well, you know, there's many aviation museums around the United States, and we could certainly get and report on some of them. Jim, you've been to a few of them, I'm sure. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, The Air Force has got a beautiful museum there at Eglin Air Force Base, and right close to it is the National Naval Aviation Museum in Pensacola. So that's going to be the first one we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. yeah, that's where I lived there for seven years, and I, I probably spent I don't know how many hours and days uh, taking folks that would be visiting over to that museum, and a lot of fun. So what else are we going to talk about besides museums? Well, we got well, a Flying West section, Flight which West. is uh, Flying West section, and uh, we, we, we've been doing that for quite a while, and that's mostly yeah. uh, Eastern guys, but uh, maybe any other ones that might be pilots. So like I said, yeah. notable today was December 17th. Uh, there was Dana Andrews, the movie actor who played in many uh, aviation movies. He yes. passed away uh, on this particular date. And another one, which is kind of not aviation-related, but it is in a way of safety, is a Dr. Henry Heimlich. From the Heimlich maneuver, he yeah, passed away yeah. on this day. Yeah. And Chuck Yeager and just go on a few and weeks on. ago. Yeah. Yeah, we lost Chuck Yeager. So we're going to talk about those that may have passed away during the week. And uh, if there's no one flying west, then we won't uh, have that. But uh, And finally, I've inserted one that I think it's going to be fun to talk about. And it's called Aviation Questions You've Always Wanted Answered but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> and I have 10 of them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you the questions, but I'll give you the answers January 7th. And question number one, how much, do, what does it cost an hour of flight instruction? 
Number two, what does it cost for a private pilot certificate? Number three, what does it cost to get an aircraft and power plant mechanic certificate? Number four, what does it cost to buy a Boeing 787? New and used. Five, what does it cost to become a flight attendant? Six, what does it cost to buy a single engine airplane? Seven, what does it cost to charter a Learjet per hour or a Gulfstream per hour? Eight, what does the Navy, what does it cost the Navy to train a naval aviator? And number nine, what does it cost an hour of flight instruction time in a helicopter? And number 10, we're going to let the advertiser answer this because number 10 is what does it cost to buy a model of your favorite airplane? And that's going to be answered by Atlantic Models. So we're going to have fun doing that. And it's going to be a different series of questions, right. usually 10 of them. And, um, and we'll have fun doing that. It's going to be an hour and a half of good entertainment and aviation, I believe. 2311. Okay. Not going to take uh, Chuck's call for him. So, <laughs> but at any rate, uh, you guys got some uh, some ideas about what should go in our in our aviation news and history radio show. Please just uh, send them to me, and we'll look at it. And we want to do about an hour to an hour and a half show. It's going to take at least an hour and a half to do these shows. And we will have two advertisers during the show. And um, it'll be fun because there's so much material out there that we can draw on for aviation. And um, and we're going to have fun doing that. Sounds like well, we will. Yeah, we will. <laughs> so that's about all I got. You guys got any announcements or anything new that's come up in your lives you got any special recipes uh, with uh, with uh, alcohol involved you want to talk about? That would be all of mine, but uh, all I make is bachelor food. I can just tell you that Maker's Mark makes a fantastic Manhattan. Yeah, that's it. Oh, makes a fantastic anything. Makes a very smart guy. <laughs> makes him handsome. Makes him think he's the world's greatest lover. <laughs> <laughs> and aviator. <laughs> and aviator, yeah. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> uh, okay, well, guys, it's been fun over the past 10 years. I would like to tell you how great it's been to to work with you guys. And uh, we've had a lot of great shows along the way. And as I was talking to Roger Lee, Jarman with model Atlantic models. Um, I told him about the format of our show and he's very excited about it. And um, they are moving to um, newer, bigger facilities because they've got so many contracts out to build models. And boy, they well, are they, they, beautiful models. They need a bigger facility because I've been to the one that they had there and even the one that they have was expanded and it's way too small. Is it? That's yeah. on 36th yeah. Street, isn't it? Yeah. It's well, right it wasn't 36th Street, Springs, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Miami Springs, yeah. Because they, they but, actually <laughs> bought out a whole bunch of different other model companies uh, to to turn in turn themselves into Atlantic models. 
Yeah. Because they used to have on 36th Street, they had the Tally Ho uh, uniform shop that used to sell uh, model airplanes in there also. And uh, all of the uh, the airline yeah. uniforms, that, that's where they used to make them all for the local people <clears throat> down there. And I guess where else also. Yeah, that's right. Also. Yeah. But, yeah, they needed a bigger facility. Like he was saying, Roger does a lot of uh, stuff with the military, big, huge uh, models and stuff. And he does noses. Fiberglass noses of airplanes, yeah. whatever paint job you want, you can hang them on the wall, and it's very, it's very interesting. If you if you look them up on the internet, anybody that hasn't uh, seen it, just look up Atlantic models in yeah. in, uh, in in, in Miami, and it'll come up with the whole yeah. website. And and uh, host, if you guys know of anyone else that you think might fit in, I'd like to contact them and uh, share what we're doing. And to see if they'd like to advertise on our show, and uh, that way we'll have uh, some paying sponsors. And of course, we mm-hmm. always take donations, and and uh, that helps us uh, keep the show on the air. Don, what do you got? Well, I think that's about it. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of stuff today. Um, we'll see you folks again on January seventh, two thousand and twenty-one with our new radio show called Aviation News and History Radio. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be great. And by the way, if you haven't visited our website, it's www.ealradioshow.com. That's where you'll find many more Great Eastern stories and memories. So it's time to say so long, everyone. Uh, This is uh, Don Gagnon. Saying so long on behalf of all of our hosts. Please have a healthy, safe, happy holiday season. See you. We'll see you guys on uh, Thursday, January 7th, 7 p.m. We love you, Eastern. We love you, Eastern, and stay safe, all you guys. Yep, likewise. Have a good time, everybody. Stay safe. Good night. Good night. Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight Don't leave me, I cry Don't take that airplane ride But you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind Silver wings Shining in the sunlight Roaring engines Headed somewhere in flight They're taking you away Leaving me lonely Silver Fading out of sight Silver wings Shining in the sun
headed somewhere in flight They're taking you away And leaving me lonely Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight Slowly fading out of sight Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, guys. Merry Christmas.